This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome all of you to the Warning Radio Program. My special guest, again, Pastor Don Beasley, Apostolic Leader, Dixon, Illinois, Turning Point City Church. Don, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing today, Dr. Hansen? Doing well. You know, we left off on Christian mythology, and this is going to be part three. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been hearing our series, we've been discussing a series on the myths, uh, how the church has got so far off track into heresy today. You need to go on my website, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. And you'll see on my website a button titled Television Radio. Click it on and then go under radio, push listen, and you can go back over the weeks and hear this, I think, very important teaching. And now, before we get into that, you know, Don, we've had uh, quite a week with uh, the FBI invading President Donald Trump's home. You know, I called it an invasion. I mean, I'm going to be doing a program shortly with former House Representative Matt Shea going into even the judge that signed off on it. And uh, let me tell you, this is crazy what's going on in the United States. It is prophetically, though. I think we could say this is a. If we want to know a prophetic picture of what's to come, we're probably looking at it in full-fledged. I mean, they just got the other part of this legislation through Congress for 70, how many, how many, 67 or 8,000 new IRS agents. That's enough to fill a football stadium. Yeah. They said they're going after rich people. There's only 727 billionaires in the United States, so they don't need all of them for that. And if you go look on the Internal Revenue's website, the new job application you have to fill out, you have to carry a gun and be uh, ready to use extreme force. Yeah. So this is not normal. Uh, and then they raise their budget six times their annual budget to $80 billion. And so now if you took the FBI, the CIA, the Border Patrol, and uh, Homeland Security, and... Uh, one of the other groups, now the IRS is bigger than all five of those combined. This is crazy. It's something that's completely unnecessary, unprecedented, and there's something behind this that's really should be very alarming to people. Well, again, the church is the enemy. I'm talking about the real church of Jesus Christ that doesn't evolve with truth and conform with heresy and sin and corruption. And we've talked about this. I've been shouting this alarm when Trump election was taken from him, stolen, I believe it was. And I think the evidence is quite clear if you want to look at it. You know, you had CIA director who was of the Obama administration, a communist, saying very clearly on CNN and MSNBC that uh, he gave a list of people that are considered domestic terrorists. And, and basically, he said if you voted for Donald Trump, you needed to be rehabilitated because you're mentally disabled. In other right. words, you have a problem. And he goes on and saying that we need to forcibly put them in rehabilitation camps. 20% of those will not be rehabilitated and they have to be killed. I mean, this was crazy. I can't believe he got away with it. Where were the pastors just singing Jesus loves me in the church? Well, it's just, you know, that's the whole problem today, is that, and it's because we've been just preaching this. I, one time with my church, I 
people didn't get this. So I talked about how difficult it is to, to be in the majority of anything. Because when the people in the minority, they try to use all these tactics to make you feel guilty or shame you into the fact that the minority don't have a seat at the table. They don't have a voice. Our founding forefathers said minorities have a right to be here, but they're not to have a loud voice, you know, to turn things around. And now you look at today. And so what I did is I took a bunch of five-gallon buckets or one five-gallon bucket that you could see through. And I showed you to put the majority of the water in that bucket. And then I had all these little bitty buckets that represent these. I had all these groups written on the buckets. And then I said, so they said, okay, well, we have the majority. So we'll give you a seat at the table. And they poured some of their water in these little buckets and all the way around. And so they got water in about a dozen or 15 of these buckets. And then the, the minority realized that if we put, if we caucus all of our influence together we're the new majority and so and then the the majority so we want our influence back and they said no you can't have it and then they smashed they just smashed the bucket of the majority and said we're the new majority now and that's what we watched happen in our country and it's all because we don't it's, it's difficult to be in the majority because you have to ignore the screaming of, of people that are in the minority because if you use sympathy toward them, they'll take, they'll take you over. Well, I'll tell you, America is in uh, so much trouble. And, and what really is sad to me is the majority of Christians, and, and I'm including true Christians, don't seem to realize it. Uh, they're just going to wait for the next election. And, and we don't even know if we're going to have a free election or if we're going to even have an election. I mean, right. this is turning into just pure communism at its worst and, and so right. i mean uh, the only thing left is arrest and exterminate people done right i mean i i just uh, when i saw it on television that they went in and and the reason they gave for going for doing 50 or 30 officers with guns and whatever and you can't be here and you can't have any representation here and whatever i mean that's the kind of stuff you see in banana republics you know um and then, and then the thing you got to be concerned about is planting evidence. You know, they got no business to be in your house without your present watching what they're doing. Exactly. And even filming what they're doing. They said they got it. They told them, turn off security cameras. I, I hear that they were too smart to do that and they left them on. So anyway, it, it'll be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. I, I'm praying that this will backfire on them because it is a f incredible overreach. But you know, when I talk to people, people don't seem to be really outraged about it. Yeah. And that's, again, that is what is so sad. I mean, it, it's exactly the, I don't care atmosphere in Germany when Hitler started changing his uh, policies and changing the constitution and putting in new policies that uh, Germany never had before new laws and, Nobody did anything. They could have stopped him. It took him years to get control of everything. They could have stopped him, but they didn't care. They were too busy with their own lives. And uh, I wrote that article, Germany all over again, because Christians, you know, used to criticize Germany. Oh, that won't happen. It's happening here again, uh, just like it did in Germany, Germany for the same reasons, Don, the same reasons. Right. It's, a, it's the same old thing is for the... It's for the common good. It's always for the common good. 
or for the children or for something like that, you know? I, when I hear people saying, for the common good, I need to spend time with my family or for the children, I start looking for what it is they're really up to because that's not that's never true. Yeah. No, you're exactly um, right. I guess we better get back yeah. to today's topic. Yes, sir. Uh, Christian mythology. We're going to, this will be part three. Uh, we, we talked about last week, again, over 90% of today's theology is presented out of two and a half to five percent of pastors of the church. We talked about how the emerging church is about interpreting scripture for themselves instead of scripture interpreting us. Uh, we talked about post-modernism started in the 1970s and claims truth doesn't exist. And if it does exist, you can't know it. They say there is no universal explanation of meaning in the world. Uh, you mentioned uh, that uh, the godfather of heresy is named Brian McLaren, uh, whose influence is leading the church astray. And I did a little research on, on Brian McLaren, and he studied humanities at the University of Maryland and graduated with a graduate and postgraduate degrees in English beginning in 19. 19- 1978, he taught college-level English before founding Cedar Ridge Community Church in 1986. He served there until 2006. Then he started writing books. Uh, In 2001, a work of fiction, again, fiction, a new kind of Christian that introduced him to the wider church and earned him Christianity Today's Award of Merit in 2002. Boy, that's dangerous, Christianity Today. Uh, It was the first volume in uh, a trilogy and quickly became one of the foremost texts for what's soon known as the emerging church movement, a new kind of Christian. Tells the story of Dan Poole, a pastor who finds himself ready to give up on Christian ministry. He's disillusioned and uh, he, he becomes less and less convinced of what he believes. Uh, says he takes his daughter to a concert, meets Neil Oliver, a high school science teacher. Together, they discuss a long list of core Christian doctrines. According to the publisher, this stirring fable captures a new spirit of Christianity. Well, they got that right, this fable, fable. Uh, says uh, uh, he's also noteworthy for a generous orthodoxy which calls a personal confession and manifesto of the emerging church conversation. Now, in 2005, McLaren was named by Time as one of the most uh, 25 most influential evangelicals in America under the heading of Paradigm Shifter. They pointed to his ambitious statement about gay marriage and said it represented a kinder, gentler form of Christianity. The following year, he joined with Tony Campalo, Jim Wallace, Richard Rohr, and others to found Red Letter Christians, an organization dedicated to seeing Christianity liberated by both from the right-wing and left-wing politics in America, and they want to focus on social justice. It says he travels the world as a teacher, preacher, lecturer, and conference speaker, Granted, honorary degrees from honorary degrees. Uh, I didn't see anywhere where he actually studied theology, but he got an honorary degree from both Cary Theological Seminary and Virginia Theological Seminary. In September 2012, he made headlines for participating in a gay marriage ceremony for his son, Trevor, and his partner, Owen Ryan. This might explain a lot. 
Uh, the wedding was officiated by a universal life minister, with McLaren leading a commitment ceremony built around Christian themes. Says McLaren's theology has matured, taken shape over time, and through his books, he has stepped forward as a leader in a new and revived form of theological liberalism uh, to be liberated from the past. He does not see the Bible as God's inspired, inherent, infallible, authoritative word. He displays this, for example, in his interpretation of the account of Noah by saying, a God who mandates an intentional supernatural disaster leading to unparalleled genocide is hardly worthy of belief, much less worship. That's again in his book, A New Kind of Christianity. It says he's recommending that we read the Bible as an inspired library. This inspired library preserves, presents, and inspires an ongoing, vigorous conversation with and about God, a living and vital civil argument into which we all are invited and through which God is revealed, new kind. After all, revelation does not simply happen in statements. It happens in conversations and arguments that take place within and among communities of people who share the same essential questions across generations. Says revelation accumulates in the relationships, interactions, and interplay between statements. He understands the Bible will be a slowly evolving human understanding of God. Again, the Bible to be a slowly evolving human understanding of God. As human capacity grows to conceive a higher and wiser view of God, each new vision is faithfully perceived in Scripture like fossils and layers of sediment. I mean, um, you know, you keep reading, this is sick, Don. Yeah, they, they, um, it is absolutely, those guys are called the deconstructionists. That's what they, they want to deconstruct church as we know it. And then they fail to realize that the Bible claims to be God's revelation of himself. It may take us time to realize who God is, but we, what he's saying is we need time to recreate God in a different image that's more palatable to us. And so they have a philosophy that they, and, and scripture that they, they say that scripture is on a line, and so the line the Bible's on a line and the line keeps on going, and that out on that line is so that we can interpret who God is in the next phases of life and whatever, you know. It's it's they're really they're out of their minds. It's again, it's what happens whenever you get hung up with these academians and they get in this thing where they have no practicality of what God does and why, so that God delivers people. They, they, those people have probably never met a person that has been delivered instantaneously from some bondage that's overheld them. Now, he, he certainly doesn't know what uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, uh, doesn't no. know the power of God that can heal and deliver and save uh, miracles. He doesn't know how doesn't know how to cast out demons, probably never recognized one in a person, and his own son probably has demons in him. I mean, uh, gay marriage. I mean, Don, again, uh, words cannot explain the sick condition of the church and how these people are shaping Christianity. They're, they're what uh, Paul tells Timothy there in chapter 3 there, First Timothy, he says that they are they have a form of godliness but deny the power of it. And uh, it talks about, you know, it's about, if you read above that, it's just all about selfishness, self-will, self-way, uh, all the different stuff we want to have, breaking all of God's authorized law and whatever, uh, so that we can uh, have selfishness and, and self-generation. And that's, that's really what all this stuff leads to when you start looking at it. You start with, 
you break down that there's no absolute truth, and that's what they're saying, the Bible's not absolute truth. Then you break down that there's no absolute, because there's no absolute truth, and there's no absolute morality. So we don't get, you know, sin's kind of something that's in flux and still being determined what it is. And so we have a cultural interpretation. So we interpret scripture from culture rather than having scripture interpret culture. And then when they get past, there's no morality. Then they, then they get to the place where there's no creator, no design, no purpose. They get into this whole concept of randomness. We actually starting to move back towards paganism and Eastern mysticism and the influence of these other religions that are really doctrines of demons, according to scripture. And they're beginning to then amalgamate that with the, with traditional view of Christianity and the Bible. And, um, you know, they, they try to marry those together and they, they, you know, it's like oil and water. They won't marry together at all. And so they get stuck in virtue signaling and all this other stuff along with other people. You know, they don't want to offend culture, but the Bible says that the word of God is a rock. And it said you have one of two choices. You can fall on it and be bruised, or it can fall on you and you'll be crushed. But that's really their only two choices. We don't, and so they're trying to make this thing, you know, they're even trying to take the bruise out. So it's really kind of interesting. Like uh, in this week's message, when I'm in the third point talking about randomness, I'm talking about, you know, there's two parts, two doctrines of God that we don't understand or preach very well. And that is that God is sovereign. He is the creator. He's in charge of everything. There's no place in the universe you can go where God's not in charge. He's the king and ruler of all things everywhere. And because he is sovereign, then he's provident, which means that he's effectually working out his will of redemption for humanity. And it will be worked out and it will be done in such a way that he's so all-knowing and all-powerful that he, he revealed to us in his word from past times all the things that are going on from the Garden of Eden to present time. And then he goes out into his knowledge, his wisdom of the future and tells us what's going to happen. And he laid it all out prophetically for us, and he's never been wrong. That's what I never understand about these guys in Scripture. These weren't just guys guessing like Nostradamus or something. In scripture, these were prophetic passages given by God to human beings about what's going to happen in the future, and they came to pass. And so when I think about that, so for communion this week, I have a picture of a of a, a, a real nice crown. Jesus Christ was the king of the universe. He was sovereign. But in order for him to work out his sovereignty, he had to become provident. And provident was a, was a crown of thorns. He laid down his sovereignty, took up a crown of thorns, and in doing so teaches us a lesson going forward that he's invited us to become part of his kingdom under his crown. But in order to wear the crown, sometimes we have to go through suffering of the crown of thorns in the, for the providence of God to be worked out in our life. I'll tell you, we're getting into such a situation, and you know, Brian McLaren, I mean, what he is calling for is to make your own little God, get back to the Tower of Babel, get back into the garden with a serpent and, and Eve. I mean, uh, he wants us all to get together and discuss it. And uh, with, with a variety of opinions, we can reach the truth. I'll tell you, he's taking away the real God out 
Uh, there's no need anymore for for pastors if you follow him. Uh, just get thinkers, philosophers, scientists, evolutionists, right. and and they'll come yeah. up with their own little god. Right. What they're really saying is they're saying since there's no absolute truth and there's no absolute morality, then your ideas about God are no different than my ideas about God. So let's get together and have a discussion. Well, exactly it, and this is this is what I argued. Remember when? Uh, uh, they wanted to just have a, a debate same-sex marriage with opinion versus opinion. And I, I said, you can't do that. you got to bring it back to God in sin. There's got to be a higher right. opinion, or they don't care about your opinion, guys. They don't care. they got their opinions. You're not going right. to stop same-sex marriage because of your opinion, and you just focuses right. on health and all of this stuff. you got to get to a higher authority. That's God himself, and this is called sin. Exactly. So in the in the this whole series here that we're doing right now on this mythology was launched from Romans twelve one and two, and in that Paul makes a couple of he says because God's merciful grace he said that you have received your body including your brain doesn't belong to you to make up or believe or do whatever you want to, but it belongs to God because He gave Himself for it, and then. He makes two commands about our minds. One's positive. He says, embrace the thinking of God. And then he gives one that's negative. He said, resist the thinking of our age. And he calls this transformation, which is the word metamorphosis. And it's a picture of a radical, fundamental inward change of our belief about who we are and God and what sin is and an outward radical change in behavior. And I have been saying this for years, is that the problem with the church is we want to believe right, but we don't want to behave right. And so we have those people, and they say that they're the love church, and, and they become meaningless. And then, But then we have the other side that wants to live right to the point that they become mean-spirited, and they become a mean church, which is not—it it takes both. It takes a— a, a, a massive internal belief change that, that puts God on the throne of our life, then behavior comes out that allows us to love other people and invite them into the same journey. But Jesus made it clear, when people don't want to enter this journey, we should just shake the dust off our feet and move on. And I've said for years, we need to be about winning the people who are lost and ready to become believers instead of having all these goofy arguments with people who have already decided they really don't want anything to do with God. I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm doing a series called Focus on the Heart and the Heart of God, the Love of God. And uh, that's what you're saying. Uh, a lot of these people don't have the heart of God. They don't have the love of God. So they become either one-sided or the other. But they're not moving in the heart of God, which goes into They've the... They've never even been born again. There, there you go. There you go. I mean, that, that's what I said last last week. I was talking about... I said I was going to use homosexual not because it's the worst, but because it's the it's the term they're redefining today. They changed it from sodomy to homosexual to gay, and I'm not sure they even I'm not, I'm not sure they'll stay there. But the but so I said you know the argument they make is I was born this way, and they get really frustrated with me because I immediately agree with them, and they, they don't know how to take that. And I said well that's absolutely I, I believe you were born that way. I absolutely believe that. And, and, and they don't have a comeback. They're like, well, da, 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 da. And then they're like, how, how can you say that? I said, 
we're all born sinners. Some were born murderers. Some were born wife abusers. Some were born child abusers. Some were born gay, lesbian. Who knows? We're all born sinners away from God. But the Bible said it doesn't matter how you're born. You got to be born again. Amen. That's why born again is so stinking important. The only way you can overcome the ways of this world is to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And if you're not born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And so we have people who are not born again who are trying to tell us what God's kingdom looks like and how to live in his kingdom. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to tell dead people how to live. They don't have anybody that's alive, so they don't know how to tell you that. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program special guest, Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Uh, He made a comment last week on our radio program that only one out of three adults believe in absolute morality. And among youth, it's one out of ten. This is why the church is dysfunctional. This is why America is falling apart. Uh, we, We are in a situation where uh, the truth is being attacked and they're trying to take away truth totally, absolute truth. They want to take out God and they want to move us into a new world order. Again, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the Warning Radio Program. Next week, I'm going to be continuing with Apostle Don Beasley and I want to start off, Don, with Dan Kimball, pastor of Emergent Church in Santa Cruz, California. I uh, wishes homosexuality was not a sin issue. So get ready for next week, Don. I'll be ready, sir. Thank you so much. Okay, God bless you all. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.